This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Hoping we find you all in good form. John Paul taking your calls at 1850-333-103. Texts and WhatsApps already coming into us this morning. Keep them coming throughout the morning. 0862-103-103. If there's anything you want to share with us, yes, we will be bringing you the very latest on COVID-19. And of course, the big talking point, and I can see actually some of our listeners are actually commenting on this as well, is... It's expected that more than 100 St. Patrick's Day parades and festivals are now on the brink of cancellation as organisers are facing what's been deemed significant pressure to put public health first. Organisers of dozens of events will be meeting, they reckon, over the next 72 hours to decide um, what would be the next steps. And this obviously is, admit the growing uh, coronavirus threat. Now, the government decision to allow the major city parades to proceed. That has been criticised by both health officials and by uh, campaigners and of course last night it was confirmed here in Ireland two more cases of COVID-19 and significantly both were transmitted within the community and I suppose that's what worries most people. Uh, We have one here in Cork and a woman in the east of the country and it brings the confirmed cases to uh, 21. We're still looking at pensioners and people with underlying health conditions such as heart disease and diabetes. They're the ones most at risk. And they are being advised not to attend mass gatherings such as the St. Patrick's Day Festival. That's the big one that's going on in Dublin that as of now is still going ahead. This would be, what, a week tomorrow uh, when it would be staged. New guidelines from the HSC are warning that people, though, from the list of at-risk regions which includes China and it includes parts of northern Italy, they're being advised that they shouldn't attend any of the St. Patrick's Day parades that will go ahead. Now, we had the very first St. Patrick's Day parade to cancel and that was on the programme on Friday when we were speaking with the organisers of the all St. Patrick's Day parade. And I said at the time, I felt this was going to be the first of many. Uh, And it was quickly followed by Cove cancelling theirs, Middleton cancelled theirs, Bandon cancelled theirs. I think that was just last night, Bandon made the decision to cancel their uh, parade. And we also had this morning... This has come into us that is, it is with deep regret following HSE guidelines that we've come to the decision to withdraw and cancel the Cork Children's Easter Egg Appeal for 2020s. Many of the recipients are among the most vulnerable in, in society due to health and safety concerns surrounding COVID-19. They've decided to cancel the appeal. The Easter Egg Appeal delivers Easter eggs to children's hospitals and facilities that care for children. So I can, I can really understand why they have decided uh, to cancel that. And somebody on WhatsApp has been on to us, Mara, to say, morning, uh, Patricia. I am looking for the consensus on whether our small town parades for St. Patrick's Day should proceed. Any commentary is much appreciated. So well, let's o- open the phone lines on that and get people's views uh, on it. Certainly over the weekend when I was chatting to people, the majority of people seemed to be of the view that the St. Patrick's Day parades should be cancelled. I, try- I don't think I met anyone over the weekend who said the St. Patrick's Day parade, all the St. Patrick's Day parades should go ahead. And following Twitter and following social media, the bulk of people were saying, absolutely, we, sh- we need to cancel these parades. We cancelled them at the t- time of the foot and mouth. Everybody accepted it and it was done and dusted and the parades were cancelled and that was it. Um, 
And yet we're, we're, we seem to be dillying and dallying here with the government. I was really expecting the government to come out and say, no, look, let's cancel mass gatherings particularly when we're seeing on a daily basis there are more cases being identified and more cases in the community being identified. Now we're still, we haven't, we're having huge numbers so there isn't any real reason to panic. And can I just, on the thing of there's no reason to panic, I would love if someone could explain to me why are people panic buying toilet rolls? Again, I was out at the weekend and I think every single supermarket I went into and I deliberately went out and I normally wouldn't be in a supermarket Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Well, I did. I made a point. Well, I normally do my big shop on a Friday and I couldn't get any toilet rolls and I was due to buy toilet rolls. I buy, you know, in those big packs of nine. Don't need to get one every week. It's probably every second week. Maybe an odd time, it might be every week I might need to get one. Four of us in the house and that's that keeps us going. But there wasn't any toilet rolls in the supermarket I was in. So I had to go back out again on Saturday to discover very few toilet rolls. I got one of the, kind of the last few toilet rolls. And then I was back out again on Sunday. I said, I'll just go out and have another look. And sure, there wasn't a toilet roll uh, to be had. And I just, I can't understand it. I mean, my 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 logic and my thinking behind it like we panic by bread. That's what we have a tendency to do in this country. We can't run out of bread if there's snow. The toilet rolls. This, did this all start in Australia last week? They certainly, the Australians were the first to start this stockpiling of toilet rolls. And there was a number of postings went up on Facebook and other social media sites. And this is where social media can become a little bit dangerous and can become a little bit contagious. People all over the world started to see the Australians fighting in the aisles, can I say, in supermarkets. I witnessed two women have a fight. Somebody recorded it because one woman had her trolley stocked over the top with toilet rolls. There was no, she bought the last of the toilet rolls in the supermarket and this other woman just wanted one of the packs and tried to grab a pack from her. And fisticuffs. I mean, they were pulling hair and everything and the manager had to intervene. And I don't know what happened at the end because the video recording ended with the manager saying, let's all calm it down here. And he took the trolley load of toilet rolls away from the first woman that had them. So I don't know what happened at the end of that. But I'm not saying that we're getting to that stage in Ireland yet. But to go into supermarkets and see no toilet rolls, there was also, there seemed to be a run on tissues. And again, I can kind of understand if you're afraid that you're going to get the coronavirus, that you might buy an extra box of tissues because we're told about, you know, if you get, get if you have a cough, if you're sneezing, the coughing etiquette and the sneezing etiquette to sneeze into your tissues. So maybe reason for that. But they were running out of beans. There was no beans in a lot of supermarkets and people are stockpiling pasta and people are stockpiling rice. And it's just, I'm completely baffled though by the toilet rolls. And I witnessed with my own eyes yesterday a gentleman, and I don't, I don't know who the gentleman was, but he had one of the large trolleys in a supermarket and he had nothing in his trolley except toilet rolls. He, sto- he was stocking up that much. Now, I don't know what the man is expecting, but that's what he was doing. He stockpiled his toilet rolls. What, where you, would you want to have a lot of room at home? Wouldn't you be putting away, you need a separate storage room for all the toilet rolls? So can anybody explain to me, does anyone have an understanding of why people are stockpiling toilet rolls? And did you yourself stockpile toilet rolls? Did you? Now, can I just say, I kind of got sucked up in it, in that I bought my packet of nine 
toilet rolls and said, OK, that's it, I'm done. And when I went out yesterday, I said, oh, will I buy another one just in, just in case? And I did for fear that I'll go out next week and there'll be none there. So I'm probably adding to it. But I saw a really good piece that went up on somebody's social media site from England, because it's not just we here in Ireland. They're stockpiling. You can't get toilet rolls in England uh, either. They're they're. They keep running out and then they've got to get a new supply in and then they run out and then they have to get a new new supply in. And this went up on a social media page and I overheard something at the weekend that I said, oh, I can identify with that story. And it was, as I say, somebody in England writing this and put it up. It kind of was a warning on Facebook for everybody just to calm down a little bit and for us all to stop panicking when we go out to shop. And it was, I was in, in this particular case, it was an Aldi store. I was at Aldi with my daughter buying bananas said the poster. And while waiting in a long, long queue, I met an elderly man who was doing his usual weekly shop. He was very confused and stressed. He'd been to two supermarkets already before arriving in Aldi just to try to get the various bits that he buys every week. Please, says this poster, use common sense before you follow the hoarders and start stocking up because everybody else is doing it. There are people out there who cannot afford to shop in bulk and they have a small weekly budget for groceries. There are people who have limited mobility and can only shop once a week or perhaps once a fortnight, maybe when they have a carer with them. These are the people who are affected by people selfishly clearing the shelves. Don't fool yourself into thinking you're doing the right thing. We're turning into a and every man for himself, society, and it's so gross. We've lost the ability to think beyond our own situations. It's selfish and it's awful. If everyone just calms down and looks after each other, there'll be enough food, there'll be enough water, and there'll be enough bleeding toilet paper for everyone. I thought that was a really good post. Everyone just needs to calm down. And I saw an elderly man in one of the supermarkets at the weekend and I overheard and I I assume a neighbour of his talking and saying to him, God Paddy, I don't often see you this far away from home on this side of town sort of thing. So it sounded to me like he lives close to another supermarket and poor old Paddy was explaining, I was in the supermarket and I just couldn't get everything I needed. So I, I, I said I had to come over here and she said to him, did you walk? And he said, sure I did, yeah, what else, what else could I do? Now thankfully this woman said, look, when you've got your bits bought, I'll wait for you outside in the car and I'll drive you home. But it just got to me, I was saying, here's a man who obviously goes out every Friday and he does his, maybe picks up his pension and he's got a supermarket near him and he does his little bit of shopping and when he went to the supermarket, because people are panic buying and hoarding up the items off the shelf and you go in and a lot of the supermarket shelves were empty they were just completely empty hand soap the liquid soap was gone I think every supermarket I went into over the weekend had none of the the liquid soap so what happens if somebody goes in who genuinely has run out of the liquid soap at home and needs to get liquid soap because we all know we need to be washing our hands so we just need to calm it all down a little bit um, so, but if anyone can explain why the why the hoarding of toilet rolls, I I would love somebody to try to. I just I can't get that into my head. The understanding of why we're doing that. Eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. And can I just do a little bit of good news? What well, maybe a little bit of good news? And the end is in sight for the ending of this coronavirus. I was reading 
over the weekend and actually there's a piece on it in the paper as well today. It's it's coming from scientists. Now the scientists obviously are they're still battling to try to understand what this new virus is. But if it conforms to the patterns of other diseases, which is which they're expecting it will, there's nothing really unusual about it to say that it won't be just like a different flu to the normal sle- seasonal flu that we get that we get. It means that a mild March or April would stop the disease in its tracks. Flu survives better in cold weather. Now, it's got to do with this fatty protective coating and this fatty protective coating that disintegrates when it's in warm, in warm environments and when we get warm weather. So warmer weather also, it seems, leads to less of us being huddled indoors where there's a higher chance of the virus jumping from one person to the other if you're all indoors together. It gets us out and about when, when the weather gets better. So experts are expecting that cases of the coronavirus, they'll peak in April, but then the warm weather should start to kick in and that should slow down the transmission of the disease. So let us all start praying for the end of winter and spring is here and let us all start hoping and praying that we will get nice, fine spring weather and we often do we often get wonderful Easter's that have fallen in March and in April where we've been nearly rocking around in shorts the weather's been so nice so let's all start doing our prayers uh, for that we'll have the very latest on the Cork situation on the Covid virus with Fiona Corkham our senior news reporter in uh, a few moments. We'll also deal with a number of other issues on the programme today. How people nationwide uh, reacted to stricter drink driving laws. So this was to do when we had the introduction of the lower drink driving laws and the three month ban. If you were caught drink driving, you were going to be off the road for three months. How have people reacted to that? No surprise to hear that people in rural areas are obeying the law much more than people in urban areas. And of course, those of us that live in rural areas know we can't survive without our, without our cars. It's not like we the Lewis of the Dort outside our doors. We hear from a West Cork principal who wrote to parents at his school asking them to step up when it comes to their children's smartphone use. This is a very brave principal who's decided to say kind of enough is enough. Schools are dealing with enough. Teachers are under enough pressure. Why should they also have to deal with the fallout and the backlash from children using smartphones and all that comes with smartphone use? So he's kind of saying to the parents, step up here now, folks. You need to take a look at what your children, your sons and daughters are doing online and what effect it's having on them. So we'll, we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk with that parent uh, or that principal later on on the programme. And actually, we're going to stay with schools but from West Cork. We're going to go to North Cork because we're going to have the principal of the Botafin Secondary School, I think along with one of the pupils joining us in uh, studio because they, this is the local school that are into the World Championships of a robotic competition. They won the national competition, which now puts them through to the world competition. I think it's going to be held in Kentucky, in America. Fingers crossed that they don't get affected by travel bans with the coronavirus. And then it is Monday. So Annalise Russell, our nutritional therapist, will join us answering all of your nutritional questions. John in Shannon said, I feel our public representatives are sitting on their hands in relation to the coronavirus. Postpone all of the St. Patrick's Day parades, please. Reschedule them. You can have them in May. Get our public reps to talk and sort out the country's plan. Um, and I do... 
are you erring towards a national government? There's been much talk about that. People saying we should have some kind of a national government because of what's happening in the country at the moment. And a quick look at some of your texts in particularly on the toilet roll situation. Hi, I was talking to the store manager of a big hotel in Newport in Wales last night. He's been told by the owner of the hotel to buy in six weeks supply of toilet rolls and soap. Yeah, that's because everyone is, is fearful that they'll run out and there won't be any made. Because I'm assuming, whatever about the soap, people are using soap more, so they'll probably go into more production on soap. But I take it that the makers of the toilet rolls know that people are only stockpiling it, that they're not going to be using the toilet rolls. I mean, half the people who've bought all those toilet rolls won't be buying, probably buying a toilet roll again for the next year. So I don't know if the toilet roll companies are going to start mass producing extra toilet rolls yes to the soap and yes to we heard it with the, the masks that they need for the hospitals I can understand that but I don't know about the, the toilet rolls so will, we, will there be a worldwide shortage for people who didn't stockpile John says and listening to the piece on the scientists saying what we need now is a good spell of warm warm weather so much for people saying that the cold weather gets rid of colds and uh, flus well seemingly it doesn't with flu viruses for sure Hi Patricia the panic of the the toilet roll panic is probably if a family has to self-isolate, they need a good stock of the basics. But the good news is that a psyche by the name of Sylvia Brown predicted that this virus would strike in 2020 and it would disappear as fast as it was as arrived. And that was the psychic prediction back in 2008. I must check out this woman, Sylvia Brown. So hopefully she is uh, correct. Um, but this is saying that's why in case you had to self-isolate. But even if you had to self-isolate, surely we don't live in a world that you wouldn't know of somebody that could drop off shopping to your house if nobody could get out of the house, for example. And a lot of the supermarkets deliver anyway to most places. But surely we all know someone that would help you out that if you got stuck indoors and were told you couldn't move out for 14 days, there'd be somebody would be able to drop you off a few uh, toilet rolls. Martin in from Moises, hi Patricia, the reason the people are stocking up in toilet rolls is because most Irish people talk a lot of, you know what, cop on people and calm down. It'll all be fine. The mild and the warm weather will get rid of this virus. Thanking you. That's Martin in from Moises. Thanks uh, Martin. A North Cork listener says it was in Limerick in Dunn stores last night and a person had a full trolley full to the brim of baby food and boxes of baby powder. Why? Oh why? Says this North Cork listener. You better make sure that the sell-by date is okay on those as well. And someone else says why don't the doctors clean their stethoscope between patients with alco wipes? Surely that would stop cross-infection. And the cheek of Leo Varadkar to tell people taking extra caution that they should not err on the side of caution with regards to parades. I felt that was a real dig at local parades that have decided to cancel when he said people should act in unison with his guidelines. Less caution is brainless. The cheek of him. The HSE haven't made it mandatory to have hand sanitizers everywhere. Yet there was disinfectant mats everywhere during the foot and mouth outbreak back in 2001. Could the Devets and the Department of Agriculture please take over says this uh, texter. They'd make a much better fist uh, of it. 1850 Jaring Kinsale says uh, beats me that we are looking at cancelling parades in this country when the Cheltenham Festival is going ahead this week. Absolutely nuts says Jar in Kinsale and hi Patricia I have an appointment in CUH tomorrow in the maternity section uh, will that still go ahead? Now we'll, I'll get John Paul to check with the hospital but as far as I know 
all of the appointments, the maternity appointments are going ahead. But I did see something at the weekend where they were asking people turning up to not to bring, I think they were asking people to go on their own or to bring the very most one person. I'll get that checked. I'll get John Paul to go down to the maternity uh, hospital. But as far as I know, all of the appointments are going ahead as is. But let us check for you so that you don't waste and make a wasted journey. 1850-333-103. Going to take a break and we're back chatting with Fiona Corquin, our senior news reporter. Cork today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Smokeless coal, turf, gas and kiln-dried wood. Open late seven days. Lowcostfuel.ie Eggfoil Mock Quiddenanihe is Farlin. Shot eight thrower C103 Air Kirkig. Pondonki Sanctuary, Lunahe Elis Karul and Nakile Mala. Agasazotela Kurti Kurted, Agasred Titimung Raw. Terror Hugh Lodis a team plucked all in Agasbulla Hassel, Agas Mule in the Torhala. Oskliachis have been a Nadia Gahotau Shacht. Habrishis Kedavila Assel Glakoko. Hoshes Aranashka Hundal Shahan. Agasis Terminators in the Hassel Ta in Author or Fudnatide. To recorder the Donkey Sanctuary or the Manamundit or to Spriul, thus in the Helmkortur, it is all Gazesta. Nukta, quid denaneha is Fari Gorkik, C103. C103 presents the Clonakilty Park Hotel West Cork Rally on March 14th and 15th in Clonakilty. <laughs> The cream of Irish and British rally stars come to take on the roads of West Cork. Action gets underway with a ceremonial start in Clonakilty Town Centre on Friday night, March 13th. The Clonakilty Park Hotel West Cork Rally. Fun and excitement for all the family. March 14th and 15th in Clonakilty with Cork's greatest hits, C103. Cork today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Now the Health Protection Surveillance Centre yesterday informed us of two more confirmed cases of COVID-19 in Ireland. One case of community transmission that was a female in the east of the country and the second a case of community transmission a male in the south of the country associated with the Bon Secure Hospital here in Cork that brings the total number of confirmed cases now of COVID-19 to 21 joining me uh, Fiona Corcoran our senior news reporter good morning to Fiona Good morning, Patricia. And you're welcome to the programme. Okay, the bonds, what are the bonds saying about the case that's been identified there? Yeah, we know that this man um, was admitted to the bonds a couple of weeks ago, back at the end of February with pneumonia. And he was um, obviously very sick and um, he's now been tested positive for coronavirus. And he is currently in isolation and um, he's been tested there. And um, we understand that um, that staff who would have been in contact with him will um, have been told to self-isolate. Now, the, the hospital um, will be carrying out um, will be carrying out uh, contact tracing, the same as what they have had to do in CUH to see who has been in contact with this person. Um, and that is currently underway at the minute. And the hospital, is it operating as normal? Um. Yeah, and uh, they have put in restrictions. Um, there are a number of restrictions. And I suppose, look, all hospitals across Cork right now have visitor restrictions in place and appointments um, 
are are curtailed in a certain way. And I think if people haven't heard from the hospital, then your appointments are still going ahead. But if your appointments are affected in any way, the hospital will ring you. But I think surgeries at the, the bonds are continuing as normal. This man is in um, isolation and um, um, the the, the surgeries and and outpatient appointments at Bond are continuing as normal um, and unless you hear otherwise. I think that's the message from all the hospitals um, across this this region. Yeah, because the CUH, they're rescheduling um, and they're reducing outpatients. There are some outpatients. Uh, I mean, I can see we, we've had a call in from a listener who needs to go to the maternity hospital tomorrow. And obviously, you don't want to, you know, heading from the county up into the city yeah. to get there to discover that your appointment has been cancelled. If you haven't heard from the hospital, you can take it as is that your appointment yeah. is going ahead. Yeah, that's right. And um, I just see there in the last few minutes that the South Southwest Hospital Group and that includes CUH, CUMH, the South Infirmary, Victoria Hospital, the Mercy, Bantry and Mallow. They have issued a statement and they've said that strict visitor restrictions are still in place. And, and they say that in the interest of patient care, and um, they've had to implement these restrictions. Anyone with any queries about visiting times or visiting a particular hospital should ring the respective hospital directly and they apologise for any inconvenience caused. And last night, um, the a, a statement was issued on behalf of CUH, and they said that um, all surgeries are operating as normal, and outpatient appointments have been cancelled, except for anybody who is going to uh, the warfarin clinic, the dressing clinic, cystic fibrosis, um, dialysis, chemotherapy, or radio radiation therapy um, and a small number of those cases may be affected so they said that if you haven't heard from the hospital your appointment is proceeding as normal uh, and it's only if you are contacted by the hospital um, and they will they will reschedule your appointment and this is in operation up until Wednesday for now and I suppose they will take um, a decision on that then after Wednesday but these um, restrictions are in place from Monday until Wednesday. Okay and the HSC are really stepping up to prepare if there is because it's expected there will be an increase in COVID-19 uh, cases there is a disused buildings being renovated. That's right um, a disused uh, building up at St Mary's campus in Gronabraher is currently being uh, transformed into what will be an isolation clinic. Um, now, obviously, nobody has any idea how many people we're going to have infected with coronavirus here in Cork. But, um, you know, and we're still in the very early stages of the spread here in Ireland. But I suppose they have to take these precautionary measures now and, and be ready in case we do have uh, a surge in cases here in Cork. And, you know, um, we see that up to 100 healthcare staff at CUH have been um, put into isolation following the confirmation of a case of COVID-19 in a patient there last week. Um, and one would assume that some, that you know, a portion of the nurses and doctors and, and, and staff who had been in contact with that patient for any length of time are quite possibly going to contract the virus. So I suppose they have to, and, and likewise with the bonds now with that case, so I suppose they have to have these measures in place um, to prepare for what might be a sudden surge in, in cases here in Cork. But we haven't got that yet. Um, we still have the case that was confirmed in CUH last Thursday and the case confirmed at the bond on um, 
uh, yesterday evening. Now, on Friday night, Patricia, there were three other cases confirmed in the south of the country. They said that one woman, a healthcare worker who had been in contact with a confirmed case, had tested positive, but they didn't specify where in the southern region that woman is. And they also said that there was two other people who had travelled to an affected area who have since tested positive for coronavirus. And again, they haven't said where in the southern region that is. So whether it's Cork, Kerry, Waterford, Tipperary, um, they didn't specify. But um, that's the, the current situation that we have at the minute. And the public health emergency teams are updating people every evening. We seem to be getting press releases in our emails in around, like, six, seven, eight o'clock in the evenings and they have these press briefings. So, um, you know, I suppose we just have to wait and see now tonight if there are any more cases confirmed. Uh, they have been testing people. There's hundreds of people being tested. The majority of those have been coming back negative, but the the testing labs are extremely busy at the minute um, trying to get through all of these, these tests that they have to carry out. Okay, and uh, we've been discussing getting a lot of commentary on the panic buying of toilet rolls. Trying to have you any understanding of it? Yeah, I was actually in um, my local Aldi there on Saturday, and there was barely um, there was hardly any toilet roll left, and there was hardly any soap left. There were there was a huge shortage on things like pasta and dried products, and I've noticed uh, frozen stuff like frozen vegetables and pizzas um, and potato waffles all completely wiped out and I spoke to the girl at the checkout or the lady at the checkout and she said that it was like Christmas it was even worse than Christmas for people buying stuff now and just before I came on air with you Patricia I was talking to the new president of the Cork Business Sales Association Owen O'Sullivan and he is the manager of M&P O'Sullivan Wholesalers here in um, in the city and he was saying that because people are bulk buying on all of these product, uh, products he was saying at the minute they do have the supplies to um, to continue stocking up in the shops, but because a lot of those products are manufactured in places like the UK and other countries across Europe, and they're getting their supplies in from those kind of countries, and we don't know, you know, we know that Italy is already quarantined um, the northern half of the country, but we don't know how um, stocks are going to be impacted here over the coming months, and if people are bulk buying now there may be a shortage of those products in the coming months and he said he doesn't see that happening right away but it could happen um further down the line and you know i think i saw something and i know people and i understand that people want to be prepared and but you know like I, i spoke to somebody there at the weekend who said they saw somebody going in and just lifting up a big armful of soap and taking it all and i mean you know, that person is not going to get through all of that soap. Yeah, I saw, I, I, I saw, I was beside a gentleman in a supermarket yesterday and with the large shopping tro- trolley full to the brim and overflowing with just toilet rolls. He couldn't yeah. possibly, even if he's a large family, he's not going to get through that many toilet rolls. So, I, mean, see, I think what happened was in America, a lot of their toilet roll was imported from China. And yeah. when China was in lockdown, there was no spice toilet roll getting into America and to the States. So people were panic buying because, you know, they they were they felt that they were going to be told to self isolate and already there was hardly any products coming in and they didn't know when China was going to be ready to export toilet roll. Um so they didn't know when they were going to get it. And I think those video clips and footage of that um spread on social media obviously. So now we're seeing it in like it's not just in Ireland, we're seeing it in countries all over the world where people are just like as you say, filling up their trolleys for toilet roll and 
you know, at the minute, there isn't any need to do that here. Yeah, and yeah the, the, the women fighting in the aisles in, yeah. Austra- in Australia. Jo- John Imalo says there's a shortage of toilet rolls because the pulp from making toilet paper comes from China. He reckons right. that's what's causing it. And mm-hmm. someone else, Margaret, says, is it because most of our supply comes from China? Because that's in lockdown. Will there be a shortfall? So I'm trying to work out where we get our toilet paper from. I've seen one piece online that says tissue and toilet paper are mostly entirely manufactured in Japan. <laughs> I right. don't know. Do we make toilet paper here in Ireland? Is there 100% recycled toilet paper here in Ireland? We'll have no, to we'll look, have to go check we'll have to look into that. Yeah. And so when you, but when you went shopping yesterday, did you buy an extra pack of toilet rolls? Well, I had to buy toilet rolls. <laughs> but did you buy, <laughs> did you buy an extra? Did you buy an extra pack? Be honest. I just bought one. Just bought one. I just bought one, yeah. Well done. I bought the nine pack. Okay, we're going to, well, we, we're deciding whether we'll give, them the, give, we'll give some away on the radio next week if things get really bad. All right, we'll talk but again. I'm here in this distribution, in this wholesale centre, and there's a lot of toilet roll in here also minute to bring out to the shop. So there isn't need panic just yet here okay. in Cork. Hang on, hang on. All right, thanks for that. We'll talk okay, soon. Thank thanks. That's uh, Fiona Corcoran, our senior news reporter. 1850 Lines open. Cork today on C103 with a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go Shortcastle Street Mallow open seven days for smokeless coal turf kiln dried wood and gas lowcostfuel.ie Make C103 part of your drive home with up-to-date traffic information and local news, your input in selecting our feel-good song of the day, plus our feel-good story and as many of Cork's greatest hits that we can fit into three hours. Join me, Martina O'Donoghue, every weekday from 4 to 7 on C103. Now I get back to your comments with the panic buying on toilet rolls, but I want to move on to a different issue because a nationwide survey on behalf of Drink Aware that changes to drink driving laws affected rural dwellers most with people living in the countryside reporting almost 20% more behaviour change than their urban counterparts. Joining me from Drink Aware, Marion Tabor. Good morning to you, Marion. Good morning. Uh, you're welcome. You were looking for people's reaction to the lowering of the drink driving levels from 80 milligrams to 50 with the automatic three-month ban. What did you discover? Yeah, so we asked um, drivers across the country to um, let us know any changes that they had made to their driving behaviours um, approximately three to six months after the drink driving legislation was actually enacted in late 2018. And what we found was that drivers were reporting, um, particularly rural dwellers, were more likely to report making positive changes as a direct result of the legislation. So, for example, 22% um, of adults who drive in rural areas in Ireland switched to non-alcoholic beers so that they could drive home either that night or the next morning, and that's compared to 16% um, among adults in urban areas. And then 50% of um, adults in rural areas used alternative transport rather than um, drove home on a night out um, or indeed into town in the first place. And that's compared to 46% of urban drivers. So I think we can see that it's had more of an influence, um, certainly on the driver behaviours of adults in rural areas um, compared to um, urban counterparts. Were, were you happy with the results? Well, I mean, we were, from Drinkware's point of view, we see it as kind of encouraging signs that people are taking notice um, of the legislation, which um, in essence... 
um, it made the minimum penalty for uh, drink driving at very low levels um, of uh, blood alcohol concentration um, to a three-month automatic disqualification from driving, and that was changed from three penalty points. So it was a significant um, piece of legislation, and it was a significant change. So I think it's really encouraging that people are taking notice and adapting their behaviours where possible. Uh, and I take it the, the difference in the results between rural and urban I mean, came as no surprise. I mean, rural people need access to their cars. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are, you know, very obvious um, differences in terms of even alternative transport options, both in urban areas and rural. And I think that's something that we can't underestimate. And, you know, road safety um, as a whole and not just drink driving, but in every way, it needs a collective approach to address it. So that is legislation, but it's also um, what we hear so often from people is um, around well, how do I get home because I live in, say, rural Ireland, for example, where there isn't as much um, alternative transport options. So we do need to look at that as well, how communities can um, take action um, where they can um, to address this. But also we need the support from all stakeholders, and that includes um, our future government. And are people concerned about uh, driving the morning after they've had a few drinks? Was, th- was that issue discussed? Yeah, absolutely. That is one of the top um, things that people ask us about, uh, certainly in the past year. That is, we would hear from people on a daily basis asking when it's safe to drive the morning after. And I think, you know, that's a particular concern for people who live in rural Ireland. Um, because as you said, you know, they need their cars um, potentially more than people in urban areas. So it's definitely a concern in communities across Ireland. And, you know, from Drinkaware's point of view, our role here is to communicate the information that people need. So, for example, you know, it takes one hour to process one standard drink, and that is either a pub measure of spirits, a small glass of wine, or a half pint of beer. And I think that's a really important thing for people just to keep in mind. You know, there's many different factors that will affect that from person to person, um, which stands to reason, but it's very useful for people to get the information on how many hours it will take before they're safe to drive the next day. Now, you also spoke about the breathalysers and people um, are are asking about home breathalysers and what's the best home breathalysers. And I know it's an issue that whenever we're discussing it here on the programme, we get people asking what particular brand is better than another particular brand. Uh, What are your views on the breathalysers that you can buy either online or in a local store? Yeah, so um, the same research asked um, a question about that and the result was that 64% of Irish adults believe that there should um, actually be an official recommended breathalyzer for personal use, which I think would come to no surprise um, to any of us that people want access to something that is, you know, evidence-based and the official one. But I suppose what we would say is just for people to keep in mind that These ones, they tend, well, there's many um, different types, so some are better than others that you can either buy online or in shops. But we would just say that, you know, if you're buying a disposable one for, you know, three or four euro and then so you use it once and then you throw it out, we would just caution people that, you know, they're not um, developed to the same medical or scientific um, or regulatory standards as the official one used by the guards, say. So it's fantastic that people are looking for this information because it shows what we already intuitively know is that the vast majority of people do not want to drink and drive and endanger our roads. So that's really encouraging that people want to know when they're safe to drive. So it's totally fair enough to use these devices. But we would just say that if you are under the limit um, using, say, a disposable um, one that you've bought in your local shop, 
it's no 100% guarantee that if you are stopped at a Garda checkpoint, say the following day, that you will also get the same results, that you'll be under the, the limit. So it's just to keep in mind. Fantastic yeah, I, th- I, yeah, I know the last time we were discussing them here in the programme, I was making the point that they're, they're a good indicator, but I would always err on the side of if you're borderline on any of those home testing kits, then just don't get behind the wheel of the car. Yeah, and we'd say that as well. We'd totally agree that if in any way you feel that there's a risk yourself, because everybody knows their own body and they know how they feel, and just because you don't, and it's not about being drunk, and I think that's a really common misconception is people say, well, I didn't feel drunk, and really it's not about that. It's about what's going on inside your body. You know, your body can only process one standard drink in an hour. So if you feel um, that there might be a little risk, that you need to wait a little bit longer, try and wait that little bit longer. And... Marion, while some, or Miriam, while some um, rural people feel that they they were discriminated by the tougher drink driving laws and the tougher penalties, you believe that they're working and lives are being saved because of it. Yeah, absolutely. We think that this um, research supports that for sure. And then there is also um, uh, research from the Road Safety Authority, who obviously led this collective campaign um, for the um, new legislation, and that shows that. Irish adults in general, but particularly Irish adults in rural areas, um, 93% um, support the new law. So we can see that attitudes across the country, but particularly in rural Ireland, have shifted to where drink driving is no longer acceptable. So, you know, by working together and providing, you know, and, and I think keeping the lines of conversation open. So if there are particular issues that are affecting some areas of Ireland more than others, we need to work together to make sure that drink driving doesn't sneak back into normality, you know. Yeah, because John, one of our listeners, said I saw a driver last night come out of a bar. He was very obviously drunk. He hopped into his car and he drove off. Where What are the guards doing with situations like this? It's still happening. And unfortunately, we can't have a guard on every single corner. Sure, I mean, isn't that the case, uh, Miriam? Yeah, no, absolutely. And to be fair to the guards, they have really um, upped uh, their efforts in terms, especially the morning after, um, and conducting checkpoints around the country and, you know, at key times like bank holidays when we know that more people are on the road, there's you've obviously a bit more free time, so you may be consuming more alcohol and things like that. So they are doing um, what they can at the moment, but no, they can't be on every corner at every time. And we do know that, unfortunately, a consistent one in ten drivers in Ireland continue to get behind the wheel um, after drinking any amount of alcohol. So, you know as citizens and, you know, just to look after our own communities, we all have a bit of responsibility ourselves to kind of go, I'm not going to do that action anymore because that's endangering um, other road users as well as myself yep, and our yep. community. And Martin in Formoy says, a big thing for everyone is not the night of the event, it's the morning after. People know not to drink and drive, but people are worried the next day. Martin was at a wedding at the weekend. He said not one person left the whole hotel until at least two o'clock uh, because people just wanted to be absolutely sure that they were safe to drive. So that's uh, good. Uh, it's The message is getting through and people are being sensible. Okay, uh, that's where we leave it, Miriam. Thank you for that and thanks for joining us on the programme. Fantastic, thanks. Good morning to you. Bye-bye. That is Miriam uh, Tabor, who is with Drink Aware. 1850-333-103. We're going to take a break. We have news at 11 on the way. We speak with a West Cork principal who wrote to the parents of his school telling them that the parents need to take control and step up when it comes to their children's smartphone use. Cork today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Call.
call and collect or get seven day delivery for those cozy nights in lowcostfuel.ie Download the C103 app today and listen to your favourite shows on the go. Grab our podcasts and get all the latest Cork news on your phone, tablet, smart speaker and radio. Turn up the volume. We are C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Lots of calls and WhatsApps uh, coming in. Uh, thank you for people contacting us today on 0862103103. John Paul is taking your calls at 1850 We were talking about drink and the effect of this, the tougher drink driving laws. And no surprise to me when I read, read the results of the Drink Aware survey that people in rural areas have changed the way they're socialising and driving either on a night out or the next day much more than people in urban areas because people in urban areas have a lot more choice if God forbid they were caught drinking and driving or over the drink driving limit the next morning they know that they're not going to be as affected as somebody in a rural area who'd lose would be put off the road for three months uh, they could lose their job they wouldn't be able to whatever about stockpiling a toilet rolls they wouldn't even be able to get out to stockpile the toilet rolls uh, Sandy says uh, Patricia was in a bar for a meal yesterday and there was a group in their 20s to 25 that kind of young 20 age group all in having great old crack and banter and having a meal and not one of them was drinking says uh, Sandy well done that's uh, good to hear Heidi says Patricia you are so right Rural er- in rural areas people do ne- need their cars as we don't have transportation like people have in urban areas no trains no buses no trams as in Dublin but it's a funny thing once again it's just pure, poor old rural people that will get affected by all of these new laws coming in speed according to Heidi is the greatest killer as, and, uh, as roads are not as good as they once were or they're not built for the amount of traffic that's on them at the moment. On coronavirus and how people are handling it and the loo roll situation and all of that was in Maham Shopping Centre on Saturday, says the texter, I needed to use the toilets. An Italian family came out of the toilets. Grandmother, a daughter and a little girl, not one of them washed their hands. Now I'm assuming you heard them speak and that's how you knew they were Italian. They could have been any nationality. You'll notice that. I don't know if that's the one thing that will come out of the coronavirus. Will we get better about our hand hygiene? Hi, my sister-in-law is in England. She saw a person in her local supermarket buying 80 Toilet rolls. They must be spending a lot of time in the toilet. Yeah, it's just people are gone. Absolutely nuts. A Douglas listener says, when we were young in Douglas many, many years ago, we never saw a toilet roll. We used torn up newspapers. Oh God, I hope we don't have to go back to that situation. I really do. Hi, Patricia. My husband had an appointment this morning at Mallow General Hospital. We received a phone call before 9am to say it was cancelled. Um, yeah, OK. People are being notified if a hospital has been, if their appointments are being cancelled. And we're told because somebody else was on from the maternity hospital or needs to go to the maternity hospital tomorrow and was wondering what's happening with that. All appointments are being rescheduled unless patients are directly contacted by a hospital. You need to attend your scheduled appointments. So the hospitals, they'll be cancelled for a whole variety of different reasons. But if you don't hear from your hospital, then go along, uh, please. Dick is worried about the people who are buying all of the toilet rolls. Maybe the maybe that man that I saw who literally big trolley full 
you know, and overflowing with the toilet rolls. Dick says maybe that man had a, a bad dose of diarrhoea. God, Dick, if he had, he shouldn't have been outside the door with the amount of toilet roll he was buying for sure. Hi, Patricia. I heard Simon Harris on National Radio this morning discussing the plans for dealing with an increase in the cases of COVID-19. He has given £21 million to the health service last week to help deal with it. Isn't it amazing how he can pull money out of his hat now for healthcare and people previously having to travel to Belfast for cataract operations also he said uh, for isolation purposes our smaller hospitals may have to be used if needed Mallow and Bantry hospitals will come to mind immediately says Mary and yeah, we'll see how fantastic those hospitals are if they end up being used to isolate people. Dan says Hi Patricia on the issue of panic buying of loo roll. I was reading over the weekend that it's an effort by us humans to stay in control of a situation over which we have no control. Oh, this is interesting. I.e. to feel we're doing something to stay in control. During storms and natural disasters, they are short term. We focus on things like bread and milk. They have a short shelf life. However, with something that we don't know how long it's going to go on for, we tend to focus on items with longer shelf life. Healths people are buying tins of baked beans, pastas, rice and luro. Apparently, it's an inbuilt defence mechanism in our psyche and it just takes over and it dumps reason and rationale out the window. It's amazing how we revert to our animal instincts when things go wrong. That's a really good text. Thank you for that. That's signed Dan R. Thank you for that, Dan. Someone else says all the people stockpiling on the toilet rolls are just greedy grabbers. Well, maybe Dan's explanation of it is right people trying to protect themselves Councillor Declan Hurley thank you for your text Declan says good morning Trish about St Patrick's Day parades I simply cannot understand why the government hasn't come out and advised all communities to cancel their parades for the sake of our nation's health is this more proof of how out of touch the government is I for one would urge communities at this point to take the lead and cancel parades as difficult as that decision may be but the onus is on everyone to be responsible here and cancelling parades is one way of being responsible. I commend the communities that have taken the responsible decisions more need to follow. Best wishes. And that's coming in from uh, Declan uh, Hurley. And I worry as well for those whose parades are going to go ahead Certainly at the weekend, every single person I think that I met at the weekend that was talking about St. Patrick's Day parades were all of that view that they should just simply be cancelled. We can reschedule when the coronavirus is gone into the summertime. Should we can have a Patrick's Day parade in June or July? Want to be something to look forward to. I was just got me thinking that if people do decide to go ahead with their parades, I wonder how many people will turn up. I wonder will they see a decline in the number of the people participating? Because some people just are nervous about that many people getting together and everybody rubbing shoulders together as you do at a parade you can't you can't space everyone apart and then as soon as somebody sneezes the reaction of everybody I was in walking up the steps you know in, in stairs inside in a, a large department store over the weekend and the man in front of me he had two small children with him got started sneezing I mean it is cold and flu season time um but you, you straight away, I watched him because, you know, his sneezing etiquette wasn't great. He didn't have a tissue in his hand. He sneezed into his hand. 
I held back. I was about two steps behind him. I waited for him to go up and then when he got to the top of the stairs, he went right and I went left. I just said, I just do not want to know where he's going and where his hand is going. And, you know, and I'm sure he just had a, had a head cold. But everyone gets a bit nervous now when you're out and you see somebody sneezing or coughing like that. So I imagine for parades that do go ahead, I'm just wondering, will the numbers attending uh, be down? And we're just getting word in that the St. Patrick's Day Parade in Bantry has uh, ju- has been cancelled and actually I saw a text and I'll get John Paul to uh, check it uh, Carrick Tuhill, John Paul there's a text coming in if you can just get that uh, confirmed just uh, what's going on in Carrick Tool with their St. Patrick's Day uh, parades Hi uh, Patricia this is an, an, a, a Dan from Mallow in my opinion I'm sorry to have to say but this country is probably the most exposed to community contagion due to a couple of highly obvious factors. One of the general attitude of people in Ireland as should law be grand and usually not taking things too seriously. And secondly there is a big cohort of selfish and nasty people in every community that are both ignorant and socially dangerous. They do not care about the community or anyone but themselves. We all know who they are and these individuals are the biggest threat to the rest of us due to their lifelong habit of making life miserable for everyone and an expectation that the state should care for them and clean up after to them until they die. I don't know what you're talking about, Dad. <laughs> I thought you were going to have a big spiel about people bulk buying and people taking all the stuff off the shelves. I'm. If you want to come back to me with who you are pointing the finger of blame at there, uh, please do. 1850-333-103. OK, that's some of your calls and uh, texts coming in. John says, Patricia, it's an appalling situation. We are facing the most serious threat to the health of our people and our economy and we have a lame duck caretaker government. Politics and self-interest must now be put aside and a national government needs to be formed for the duration of the virus and the crisis that is COVID-19. Now, do others agree with John on that? Would you like to see a national government for form where, well, are we a month now since the general election and everybody's talking to everyone and some people are not talking to anyone and others are refusing to talk to anyone but there's still talks going on but we don't seem to be anywhere near forming a government. The last time we spoke about when would we have a government formed? Somebody, do you remember somebody predicted it would be at least till the May bank holiday weekend? I don't know if we can now wait until the May bank holiday weekend. I think John might be right. How do people feel about a national government? Tell them all, put all your differences aside. Everybody collectively get together, form a national government. You can sort it out afterwards who wants to be Taoiseach and who doesn't want to be Taoiseach. But everybody get together just to get us through the situation we're currently experiencing with the COVID-19. Your thoughts welcomed on that, please. 1850-333-103. Back to toilet rolls. In the old days, we used newspaper and dock leaves. That's toilet paper. We all survived, says uh, Audrey. A dock leaf. Okay. Hang on to that newspaper. You may need You may need that. Michael says, forget Forget a national government. It would take months to form. We need the stability of a government that is there whilst we have an epidemic. Nothing more, nothing less. Thanking you, says uh, Michael. 
That's what he reckons. Leave the government that's in place at the moment and then let's move on from there. Good morning, Patricia. Great to hear a good news story on your news at 10. And I'm assuming you were talking about Alan and his win. Alan O'Sullivan from Bishopstown. Wasn't that fantastic? I really enjoyed that with Simon at half past nine this morning when we made the call and commiserations to all of our qualifiers who there could only unfortunately be one winner winning that wonderful weekend away to go to New York VIP style. Anyway, uh, Eileen and Clancy, great to hear the good news story. Is there any chance that there'll be more good news as part of the doom and gloom we're hearing every hour? It will boost everybody's morale to hear good news stories throughout the day. Thanking you and that's from Eileen in Planet If anyone has a good news story, share it with us and we'll share it with everyone and we'll read it out especially for Eileen in Planet Thank you for that. 1850 333103. John Paul taking the calls. Text to WhatsApp 0862 103 103. C103 Jobs. Steel erectors and labourers are wanted. That's in the Kinsale area. While Caulfield's super value in Bandon, they've got a vacancy for an online delivery dr- driver. Preventive pest. They're looking for a full-time pest control condition that's to con- technician that's to work in the West Cork area and a bar person wanted for Mallow Golf Club to work 20 hours per week. You must be over 18. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Smokeless coal, turf, gas and kiln-dried wood. Open late seven days. Lowcostfuel.ie You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Cork Today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. And just a couple of confirmations on parades that have been cancelled or postponed. Uh, The Carrick Tool Parade, the Majesty Parade has been postponed, so they'll run it at a later date. And Mitchellstown, we're just hearing Mitchellstown have cancelled their parade as well. So any of the other organisers involved with the parade, parades, let us know just so that we can give people advanced warning. I know there's another week to go, but just in case people are making plans. 1850-333-103. Now to move to a different issue. The principal of a West Cork primary school has written a strongly worded letter to parents telling them that they need to step up when it comes to their children's smartphone use. Kenneth McCarthy is principal of Kilmean National School in Rossmore near Clonakilty. And Kenneth joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Kenneth. Good morning, and you're welcome. Did you do much soul searching before deciding to send this letter out to parents? Um, I suppose, you know, before we sent it out, we were very nervous sending it out. Uh, but leading up to that, there was, there ha- there seemed to be in our school, anyway, there was an increase year on year of incidences that revolved around children's use of, of smartphones. And we just felt, look, we have, look, we'll try this. Um, see where. And a few parents came to us as well, look, pleading with us um, to maybe just send it out. I know we can't police what goes on at home, but um, we said, look, as a community, we'll, we, you know, and, and you know, in a community, in the, our school in our community, we try and help the community as much as we could. Um, and, it's, you know, the payback has been, is, is, is phenomenal. Like, I mean, so many parents are, are, are just so happy about it. The feedback has been positive. And not only that, even over the weekend, we've got loads of um, calls.
calls from different schools wanting to see the letter and see what we've done and you know I think Well done well done and yeah. I'm, I'm not in any way surprised and, and, and when I saw the letter I said I bet you there was a lot of parents breathed a sigh of relief the decision was taken away from them yeah. and they can point the finger of blame and you don't mind being the baddie if they are no, the teachers I, I don't even mean the baddie but you know what I mean yeah, um, I suppose I was I was afraid coming the next day to school that the the, the older pupils would be looking at me in a different way, but they weren't. Um, ah, you know, that's um, interesting. You know, and I think like um, I suppose look, our our main aim is look, we you know, and I suppose you'll agree with this, Patricia, that anything that would you know shorten the childhood years of any child is not a good thing. Absolutely, and that's all we wanted to do. We want to preserve those special years, and you know, all the all the staff in the school here, you know. We, we came into teaching profession because we care. We care about children. We don't just stop at the teaching. We do care about them. They're human beings and they're, they're human beings that aren't ready yet, we see. And we've, you know, examples of this that happened in, in our school that they're not ready for it. Um, and, you know, the best will in the world, a parent will give, a, you know, a phone to a child. But I think there's, there's a lot more dangers out there that parents don't realise. Um, and I think... Um, you know, I suppose, and another thing, I suppose as well, like this isn't, and I know this, this is true. It's not. This is not a, a kill me national school problem. This is a problem in every school in the country. Um, it, it's a, I think so, it's a global problem. Mm. You know, even coming to school this morning, I was driving and I was, you know, travelling on the way and flicking through different uh, radio stations, and th- there was a piece on about um, some guest on the Late Late Show on Friday night that was being trolled, um, and these these are by adults. Um, you know, this person that was being taught, spoken negatively online, um, he's an adult. He's, you know, he's got family, he's got feelings and he sees these things. And like this is done by adults. So, I mean, and we've it, seen we've seen lives lost from it. We have. And, and, yeah. and, but, and young people, young lives um, lost. And I'm assuming you're it's only fifth and sixth class pupils. Is it would have a smartphone? You wouldn't. Nobody younger would, would have a smartphone. Um. No, I don't think that. No, I no, don't think so. They might have possession sometimes of their parents' phones, but I think that's that's. But they're eleven no, and twelve-year-olds. It's that kind of age group, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. They're, they're just very. And what type of problems, Kenneth, were you seeing in the schools that you could directly say, "Well, that's because they've got smartphones." Um, I suppose, like you, you have, for instance, like there's there's different kids will make groups on WhatsApp groups, and then you'll have. Um, some kid will say something and then the other child might say, look, you can't say things like that. That child will get upset, leave the group and the next day in school they'll come in and they're ignoring each other. And we're kind of thinking, where did all this come from? This didn't happen out of the yard. Um, that's, you know, and they're not yeah. talking to each other. They're upset. I don't think they're emotionally ready for dealing with And sometimes, you know, when you read something in a text, you, you won't, you're not picking up the tone. It might have been said in a nice way, uh, you know, but, you know, there's also, you'll come across, we've come across um, parents who've come in and said, did you know this such and such a thing happened? And that thing would have been, their child would have been uh, paying, paying using the parents' card, credit cards, for extra credits on online gaming. Um, you know, inappropriate content, um, yeah. adult content. Um, we've come across that. Um, you know, also, on the other side of the coin, then you'd have the kids that the parents may not necessarily be able to afford to buy a phone or might also say look I'm not buying you a phone you don't need one and you can see it in those children as well in, r- in front of us that they almost feel left out because they don't have the up to date phone like everybody no. else no. and that whole thing of you know the WhatsApp group somebody getting excluded from it mm-hmm. 
Mm. You know, because that's bullying, the very fact that they're being excluded. And they, there might be 10 nice things written about somebody, but all you need is the one nasty comment yeah. and we're all human that sticks in our head but we're you know we're older and wiser we're able to move on from it but if you're, you're young kids you're just not able to deal with that they're, they don't need them no they don't no. need them uh, so, so no. what have you introduced what, what's now happening in Kilmea National School so what we've, we've I suppose we're at the early stages we sent out the letter last, last week we've got the all the results um, in and 96 are in favour 96% are in favour of us, and are basically the proposal says that look that ninety six percent they had two options they either support or do not support, but ninety six are in support of the school's proposal that children should be should uh, only only uh, be introduced to owning a smartphone. At, uh, secondly, uh, sorry, should not be um, have a smartphone until they are are not have a smartphone during their primary school years. Uh, so it's when it. they head into the summer that they leave primary. If you want to get a smartphone, that's when you get it. Absolutely, but then again, that's not that's outside. Once that would be outside our control. But I suppose parents can, you know, ultimately they can still buy them. Um, but I suppose we see look the strong support in the ninety six are in favour of not getting a that's smartphone brilliant. while their child is in primary school. Uh, in primary school. Um, and you know, I've had parents come back to me even last week as well saying, "This is great," you know. I'm going to use this now and let's, I'm going to talk. This parent was in, a child has, you know, in first class, she's saying, look, I'm going to talk to all the first class parents, let's agree now and and this is going to be the way until, you know, inclu- up to sixth class inclusive. Um, do you know? Because I remember, I think it was about two years ago, I spoke with Blennerville National School in, in County Kerry mm-hmm. with Terry O'Sullivan, the principal uh, there. They introduced a scheme it initially started to ban all smartphone and, and tablet use for the sixth class students, but it was such a success they extended it to, to all to all classes. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, and again, it was the, it had to be done with the parents' uh, consent. Absolutely. But it was the children themselves admitted that they benefited from it. Mm. Yeah, and I think we'll see that too. Um, you know, we're at the early stage of it. Luckily, we don't have phones aren't allowed in our school and even if they were we have no reception in our school great (laughs) (laughs) Uh, one of the advantages one of the advantages of uh, yeah living down in 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 a beautiful neck of the woods lovely yeah yeah but um, and but the, the, someone is one about the Department of Education, Kenneth. Could they play? Uh, could they be be more proactive and become more involved in this? I think the policymakers could be. Um, I I know they brought in in was it 2018 they brought in into into law that children should be you know the digital age of consent was 16, but like that still gives parents um, permission, which is okay, right? But that. spoken on many occasions to uh, Jim Daly. I mean, I know he's still the, the Minister with the Responsibility for, for Mental Health for until the next government is formed. But he's been trying for quite some time to get something introduced to stop young people signing up for 
social media accounts because anyone can, can sign up. Like something needs to be done about that to stop young people getting access to a lot of yeah. these so, social media sites. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone else wants to know, has Kenneth heard from other schools? He, uh, somebody wants to congratulate you. Brilliant letter. I wish my school would introduce it. You, you said you did hear from other schools. We have over the weekend. We've heard from a few, um, even um, parents associations from other schools have asked, look, can we have a copy letter? We might well bring done. this to our school. Well done. Yeah, yeah. Well done. Well done. That's it's terrific. Listen, um, and well done for having for you and the rest of the teachers to have the initiative to do it. It isn't the easiest thing to stand up and send out a letter like that. So you've got to be congratulated on that. Thanks Kenneth, thank you. you for that. And thanks for joining us on the programme. Thank you. Good Bye morning now. to you. Bye bye. bye. That is Kenneth McCarthy, who is the principal of Kilmean National School. Uh, well done to Kenneth, a great teacher. He taught my son when he was in Skipperine, says a uh, texter. Isn't that fantastic? Um, but a number of people saying, yeah, you need to get rid of those smartphones. The amount of bullying that's associated with smartphones. Something needs to be done about it. No primary school child should be allowed to own one. 1850-333-103. And you know the way we always like to keep you updated on scam calls and scam letters and scam emails. John in Butterfield has been on. God, this will tell you the scam artists are on top of everything. He just got a scam call on his mobile today. A woman said it was regarding coronavirus, dear God, and that he would ring, he should ring back for more information. Uh, The number it came from had 14 digits, so it was obviously an international call and we know what would have happened if John had called back. He'd have ended up getting it onto a premium rate line. It would have been uh, a recorded message that would have gone on and on and on. And John, either if he was paid by gold on his mobile phone, the call would have gone until all of his credit was gone and if he was bill pay he'd have got a whopper of a bill in so please keep a look out for that that seems to be a new one a scam call with regard to the coronavirus what next 1850 John Paul taking your calls text WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Cork today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Open seven days for smokeless coal, turf, kiln dried wood, and gas. Lowcostfuel.ie. We've given away a VIP trip to New York with amigoloans.ie on C103. Oh, it's working, it's working. It's working. It's working. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Is it you? Hello? Uh, hi there. Is that Alan O'Sullivan? It is indeed. Alan. Alan, it's Simon and Patricia here from C103. Alan? Hi, Alan. Hi. They're going to New York City! Yay! Oh. Billy Joel in the Big Apple. Alan, you're going. Oh, guys, I can't believe it. I'm so, so thankful. Oh, my God. And I'm a massive Billy Joel fan. Oh, Absolutely brilliant. New York is just unbelievable. I can't believe it. Congratulations. Stay tuned for our next big giveaway on Cork's Greatest Hits. C103. Cork today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 Now in February of this year, pupils from Kolosh Devera in Botovant won the All-Ireland Vex Robotics Championship, which also qualified the team to take part in the upcoming World Championships, which are going to be held in Kentucky next month. The principal of Colossal Mirror in Bottevent, Donald O'Sullivan, joins me in studio, along with one of the pupils who is a member of the team, and that is uh, Ryan uh, Kilgore. You're both very welcome to studio. Good morning to you. Thank and you, Patricia. I suppose, Donald, let me start with you. 
what is the VEX Robotics Championships? Explain to us what it's all about. So VEX Robotics is an initiative uh, running for the last six or seven years in the school. It's an extracurricular activity, uh, essentially, Patricia, where uh, students are involved in building their own robots, coding, um, the computer coding involved in building those robots as well. So uh, it's an initiative that we've quite a few students uh, into uh, very often for uh, an extracurricular uh, activity. That's no, no exam attached to it. No, absolutely no. not. Absolutely not. It's, it, it's a, an extracurricular activity and in that sense it could be viewed in the same way as hurling or football or, or choir or, or any of those yeah. other extracurricular activities and it very often attracts those students who may not have a huge interest in sports so uh, it's it's very beneficial to us in the school and that we'd like to, to pride ourselves on having something to offer well all done, students well in terms of extracurricular. And it's on a, what, a, couple, a certain day, a week after school or is it when it's um, held? Well I suppose Mr Eby, our coordinator with the school really has taken it to another level he puts invests a huge amount of time loves it himself obviously and is yeah. very invested in it and the students uh, get to love it and, and I suppose feed off his enthusiasm for the programme so um, it's very often on Saturdays and nearly every Saturday during midterm breaks and a number of evenings a week as well. You know, obviously when you have a team uh, reaching the success and the levels that this particular team of young youngsters have, there's a a lot of extra time goes in. in Okay, so Ryan, talk to me about what you built. You you built a robot. There's certain specifications, is there, for this robot? Within our team each year, so VEX is an international group and they release a game each year and you have to build a robot a robot to be able to participate in that game. So it, for last year it had certain criteria and this year you had to be able to pull in cubes, stack them in certain stone zones and then apply cube multipliers in order to gain the highest score over the other team. So this is all competing in like just like you'd have a football match. Yeah, and so it's you, against another, compu- it's you against, it's you another, against robot. another robot. It's you against another robot and you it's essentially you have qualification matches and then you have knockout matches and winner takes all. And then, so you, 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 you guys, how many involved in the team? We have seven this year. Seven on the team. So you, you build your robot. Did you give him a name or anything? Or? Um, we had a couple of names. I think one was Electron and I'm trying to remember the other two. So you built three robots? We built three robots between us and we, okay. comp- we entered all of them in the competition and... Overall, one of them entered into the final and it won. Okay, so it won. Where was the where was the first the competition? Fa- the regional was held at Dell, um, okay. their headquarters in Limerick, and then the final was held in CIT in Cork. And did you have a feeling that your robot was going to do it? We had. We've seen ourselves over the past few years. We've gained experience and we've become better as a team and working together. And we've gained skills that have helped us along the way. And we've felt ourselves improving little by little. And we felt that this year we might have some moderate success, but we were very surprised and happy that we did manage to reach well the done. very far. Well, and what class are you in, Ryan? I'm in third year. And have you been doing this since first year? I have been doing this since first year. I've been heavily involved, yeah. Why? What, what, what attracts you to robotics? I found a lot of the... I'm very invested in technology at home, and I find that very interesting. And I thought that robotics would be a great skill to have in general throughout life, especially with career options and everything, because it really introduces you to STEM, science, technology, engineering, and maths. And that's and where you want to go, is it? Yeah, something into that field. And really expand your options and it makes you look at the world differently as well once you understand how things would work and it's very helpful for students as well who would be doing the likes of tech graph or metalwork or technology any of those they really tie in together and it's very beneficial to the school curriculum okay so this you're now through to the you're going to represent ireland in kentucky yes how many countries um I'm pretty sure there are nearly teams from all over the globe. <laughs> and, and it's the very same, you bring the very same robot with you. you you're you able to 
technically it's the same team but you're able to rebuild and you're able to make changes and all of that okay but will, will but it will run it on the same line again the same same sort of thing it'll have to yeah. do the same thing it's the same game yes Wow, and do you know how Irish teams have gone on in the past? We've had, there have been a couple of teams that have gone in the past. I'm pretty sure Bishopstown and Kinsale have gone once or twice each. And they've all gone and they've maybe won one or two matches. And they've brought great success to Ireland, especially on a world level. And we hope to just replicate that and at least... Um, go further. Yeah, go further would be great. But just to even have having gotten there is a great achievement it's fantastic. for us, I think. It's absolutely <laughs> And is, is this the first time the school has made it through today? This is the first time our school has made it through to the World Finals and we have had dribbles of success over the past few years. So we did win a couple of awards at a competition last year, including like the robot skills. And they're just different little awards for driving and programming and design and whoever has the best of whatever. And then this year you we won our actual knockout competition, which is the best yeah. award there. Well done. Well, well, well done. Um, Donald, how mm. many will go to Kentucky? So what we're looking at is five at the moment, Patricia. Um, There's a cost attached to this. There's a huge cost involved in it, actually. Um, And I suppose the the window for fundraising for that is quite tight. So uh, at the moment, we're looking at something in the region of €15,000 in order to be able to send a team for flights, accommodation, travel, transport um, and subsistence uh, in the States once they get there. So um, in fairness to the parents of team members, they've been really rallying uh, 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 in recent days and there's quite a number of uh, fundraisers set up uh, and actively going so I might just plug those Patricia if it's okay with you so um, there's a GoFundMe page set up Um, you can get a link to it on the school's website so it's Young Robotics Collage de Vera Uh, so if people would like to donate over the GoFundMe page that would be fantastic we have a bingo night in Fitz's Bar in Ballyclaw which are always a huge support to the school they're holding a bingo night on um, the 20th of March uh, we have a flag day in Mallow the following day on Saturday 21st so everybody bring out your spare change on Saturday t- the 21st in Mallow and there's also a monster raffled in um, there'll be tickets widely available and I'm sure a lot of doors will be called to selling tickets for the, this, this monster raffle uh, and the draw for that will be on the 4th of April in McCarthy's Bar in, in, in Budavent um, and also then of course we're accepting sponsorship from any large companies that would like to, to sponsor the team uh, and if we would like to do so you can contact Trish in our admin office in the school on 0222373333. And obviously travel is all dependent on COVID-19. Yes, hugely. Obviously, yeah. we're, we're, we're quite concerned on that and we, we're, we'll be monitoring it very closely. I suppose the attitude we're taking at the moment, Patricia, is that we have to proceed in terms of trying to finance it and plan uh, yeah. for the, inv- yeah. the eventuality that we will be going. Um, obviously, we'll be taking all of the advice from the HSE. We're a Cork ETB school, so we have huge support from Cork ETB in relation to, to, to the likes of that as well. And obviously, any advice from the Department of Education, we'll be monitoring it very closely. Uh, and obviously... Uh, any it, situ- and, and of course, <coughs> it could just get rescheduled. If there was something happening in Kentucky, it's possible that yeah, it would be... It could be um, postponed to later in the yes, year. That's yeah. precedented from when there was a, a swine flu outbreak. It was postponed to later in the year as was well. Was it? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so you're yeah. going to have to prepare to, for, for travelling anyway. Absolutely. And we're going to have to make our, our best educated guess at a time, obviously, yeah. and we won't be putting anybody at any unneeded risk. Uh, yeah. And that would be very important at the time. So there's a lot of uh, things could play out between here and then, Patricia. So we'll just need to monitor very close. 
course. Absolutely. And obviously, as principal, you must be very proud of Ryan and the rest of the crew. Hugely. I might just actually call out the names there Please of the seven do, lads yeah, that were it involved. Isn't, because isn't just Ryan. I know there's. Um, Ryan's there's, the, the chatty one, I imagine. The, the, r- right, they well, they well, wheel well, you out, Ryan. <laughs> and rightly so, you're very chatty. Well, as you can see, Patricia, I'd only love to be able to speak like Ryan, you know. Fantastic, so it's, yeah. it's great to have uh, definitely a spokesperson of this quality and the team yeah. as Ryan is. And he does a huge amount of work uh, in the complexities of the team as well in terms of coding and stuff like that. So he's very much a leader on the team in fairness to him but the others back in the school and back in base are uh, Brian Caldebeck Paddy McCarthy, Xander Kelly and Jack Gillespie all of those four lads are in second year and then we have Chloe Sapan and Brendan Palmer in first year and again their coordinator is Mr Ebay our science teacher who puts a phenomenal amount of work in uh, and just to mention as well I suppose the whole team uh, in the grand scheme of things when we look at other schools and other teams entering the competitions in Ireland our team is exceptionally young uh, in the sh- they're kind of half made I'm up I'm surprised you've got first years as well yeah, in there, which yeah, is great two first years and then yeah. four second years which is extremely young a lot of uh, schools would enter teams from the likes of transition year and stuff yeah, like that yeah. so so again uh, I suppose even emphasises the achievement even more when they actually took on teams that are older and more experienced well you know well and, and, and beat those in terms of and will you will you keep at this um, Ryan I mean you're thir- your junior start this year I hope to be able to help them as much as possible and I hope to be able to balance everything right so I'll be able to focus on my studies for um, my junior cert and I hope that everything will work together. You're in junior cert year now though, aren't you? Yes, but yeah. I hope that um, coming forth, I'll be able to utilise a lot of the knowledge I've learnt over the past three years so that we can, um, that I can pass over some of the stuff to them so yeah. that I can maybe step back ever so slightly just coming up to my junior cert and okay. hopefully we'll be able to travel to Kentucky, uh, achieve whatever we can and come back and then I can focus on my studies for and the rest of the year. And come back with a win. Come yeah, back with hopefully. a win. Win, lose, or draw. I mean, the very, the very fact that you say you're representing the country is fantastic. Do you, uh, do you have debating teams in, in Galatasaray? We do indeed. Are yeah. you on the debating team? I'm not. Oh, I... get him on the debating <laughs> team. You would be fantastic on a debating team. I probably should. I, I did do a public speaking course when I was um, nine or ten. I lived in California for five years. Okay. And that was one of my activities then, so. Oh, when you were nine or ten? Nine or ten. Okay, yes. all right. So you don't mind public speaking? You'd be a great debater. Yeah, and he, he has spoken for us publicly before, the open nights and stuff like that. And he no goes doubt. around to our, our primary schools when we're visiting the primary schools as well. He's uh, an ambassador for the Every school. Every so school needs a Ryan for sure. Listen, congratulations to you. As I say, win, lose, or draw. You're, you're, you're winners in what you've achieved uh, so far. Keep in contact with us. Let us know how you get on. And if there's any other fundraising event you don't you want us to plug, we'd be only too glad to do it for you. Thank you very much, okay. Patricia. Thanks we appreciate the chance. Thanks for Thank joining you. us. That's Donald O'Sullivan, Principal of Colossia, in Boston, along with Ryan Kilgore. A number of people wanted to congratulate the students and the principal and staff at Colossia Mira in Boston. It really is a fantastic achievement for a co-education primary school out of North Cork with 440 pupils that they have made it through to the world champions. They won the All-Ireland Vex Robotics Championships and now takes them through to the upcoming world championships in uh, Kentucky in April and fingers crossed with so many things being cancelled at the moment that it won't be cancelled but even if it does I think it'll just be postponed and then it will be held later on in the year but fingers crossed uh, it won't. Not everything has been cancelled because of uh, coronavirus. Can you keep your 
questions coming in for Annalise Drissel please our nutritional therapist she'll join us in the next hour if you have a question for Annalise get it into us now 1850 333 103 you can text her WhatsApp 0862103103 and I can already it's not quite for Annalise but I'll put it to Annalise because it kind of ties in with something that she mentioned last week uh, Sheila says Trish I'm just wondering if you can't get now what Sheila said is Dettol soap but I, I'm assuming she kind of means some kind of antibacterial soap is there anything you can put in to ordinary bottled liquid soap that would kill off germs and also does alcohol kill germs. Now last week we spoke about this and, and we gave you the details of the what the bacterial wash, hand washer spray that Annalise was suggesting and there was alcohol in that but I think you've got to get the proportions right in order for it to work. So we'll, I'll, I'll ask Annalise when she comes on does she suggest anything? Ordinary liquid soap, you're looking for something to make it antibacterial because of course if you go into a lot of the shops it's not just the Dettol soap or the bacterial soaps all of the soaps are gone in the liquid soaps are gone in many many shops don't forget you can get a bar of soap as well wasn't it only last week people were saying get your carbolic soap it'll work a treat okay we've got to take a break we have news at 12 midday on the way we'll catch up with you with your comments that come into the programme throughout the morning and we'll also have your questions answered by Annalise that's all after 12 1850 333 103 Cork today on C103 with a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go Shortcastle Street Mallow call and collect or get seven day delivery for those cosy nights in lowcostfuel.ie You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. I want to go to the phone lines where I'm told Holly from the C103 Street Fleet is at the end of this line. Good afternoon to you, Holly. Hello, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well. Where are you today? We are here in Ballancolic with Alan O'Sullivan, the winner of Billy Joel in the Big Apple. And there is a lot of excitement here in Ballancolic this morning, so... We're so happy to be here with Alan. Fantastic. And is that, is he there? Yeah, I'll pop him on to you now, just one moment. Thanks a million. Okay, this is Alan O'Sullivan, who took a call from myself and Simon at half past nine this morning. Good afternoon to you, Alan. Afternoon, Patricia. How Has, are you? I'm very well. Has it all started to sink in? Just a small bit, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Sorry, I was very shocked this morning. Uh, <laughs> you, you, uh, I couldn't believe we, I couldn't believe it won. So, um, yeah, just sleeping in though. It's fantastic. And were you uh, were you up early this morning to get ready for the call? How did you we prepare? Were, yeah, we were, no, you know, we were, we were just up and doing the usual, getting ready um, Monday morning stuff. And um, uh, to be honest, we, with the radio was on in the background and whatever, we weren't taking too much notice. But, you know, kind of half hoping, but you wouldn't read, you never kind of think it's going to be You'd, you'd be lucky enough to win, but I couldn't believe it when I saw the phone. When I saw the number coming up on the phone, I couldn't believe it. So we were thrilled, absolutely thrilled. And since so. you qualified last week with mm-hmm. Simon, had you kind of yourself and Sue had the conversation? God, if we won, will we'll do this, or, will, or did um, you decide not to do did, that at all? We, I suppose we did. Yeah, we did. I suppose once or twice we did. Um, but then you, I suppose, uh, again, knowing not just to not thinking. I don't know why. Just. You, you, you have a chance, you're in with a chance, you have a show, but I suppose we didn't think, talk too much about it, you know, but today it's just, it's unbelievable since this morning, started thinking about, you know, God, you know, the practicalities of it, like, you know, going to New York, would be fantastic, and uh, going to Madison Square Garden would be absolutely amazing, so, and to see the concert, just can't wait, can't wait, no. Have you, have you been to New York before? We have, we have, um, we have, I think we were there 2014, we were saying since this morning, it was 2014, the last time we were there, um, so and it's a great city. It's fantastic. Great there's nowhere, city. There's nowhere yeah. like it. Yeah. yeah. There's nowhere like it. And to see to 
see him in concert there, it just, it's just going to be incredible. I, I, I can't wait. I really Have you seen him live before? We saw him before in Dublin, yeah. We yeah. saw him in Dublin years ago. It was back in the 90s. I can't remember what exact year it was, but we saw him there before. He was absolutely brilliant. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it's just fantastic. Uh, I love his music, but obviously just to see him in New York would be, would be incredible. You in know? his own so setting, it'll, yeah. His own setting, yeah. Uh, it'll be great. So has word, yeah. got, has word got out? Word has got out, yeah. A few, a few calls, a few text messages have come through. Yeah, great it's, stuff. It's, it's, Great nice. stuff. Yeah, okay. Great. Well, you Listen, can. Can I just thank, thank, thanks, uh, thanks, thanks to One Hundred Three and to the sponsor, Amigo Lunch. We're really delighted. So, thanks very much for it. Um, well done. It was well. It was our, our our pleasure that you won. We've had a great yeah. bit of fun with the competition. Commiserations to all of the other qualifiers. There could only be one winner, and it was Alan O'Sullivan uh, from Ballincolly. Congratulations once thanks again, Alan. Thanks a million. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's um, Alan, our winner, big winner for Billy Joel in the Big Apple with Amigo Loans. Ie on Cork's Greatest Hits C103. We've had great, great fun with the uh, competition. Uh, will there be another competition soon? I'm sure there will. We'll bring you all the details. 1850 Okay, let me go to a lot of your calls and comments coming into the programme. Liz in Ballino feels that Leo should give up his St. Patrick's Day trip. He's going to America. He's going to Washington to meet with... Um, the president and the handing over the bowl of shamrock and what happens every every year. This reckons this is an interesting point. Of all years, Leo Varadkar should not go because he's a doctor, and that he should roll up his sleeves and maybe get involved and help out in some of the hospitals. Now, not every Taoiseach would be able to do that, but he is, of course, he's a qualified uh, doctor. But Liz thinks that none of the um, he should stay at home, particularly because he's got medical qualifications and help out. Stephen in Clonakilty uh, says there wasn't toilet paper to be had in Clonakilty yesterday. Well, there was one pack left when he went into the supermarket yesterday afternoon. The world is gone uh, nuts. Patrick McCroom says the government is asleep. We should be taking the very same measures that we took back in 2021 when we were threatened with foot and mouth. We basically closed down the country. We need to revert back to that. Mike says the biggest meeting in the world is going ahead in Cheltenham this week. Yes, we've got people cancelling small parades here in Ireland. How many from all over this country and the world will gather in Cheltenham and then they'll come back home again? He thinks it's crazy to even consider cancelling any of the parades that have already been cancelled. And we know that there is a number of them been cancelled and a number of them continue to be cancelled. And I think groups are meeting. They reckon over the next 72 hours, more groups will meet. So if there's more to be cancelled, we'll be hearing about it over the next uh, few days and we promise we will bring it to uh, you. Some of your texts coming into the programme. Mick says, more than once, Lear Varadkar and the Fine Gael party have said the people put them into opposition. Sinn Féin at the end of the day had the highest vote and with the count caller taken out of the count, they and Fianna Fáil are level in numbers of TDs. So, Tim reckons Mary Lou Macdonald should be the next Taoiseach. If Mial Martin doesn't want to be the Taunashta, he can step aside and let Sinn Féin and others handle one budget and one crisis. That will give people a chance to see what Sinn Féin in power are like, along with the likes of Roisin Shortall and Mick Barry. Give them the responsibility and let them get on with it and see how they do. Somebody else reckons Dustin would be a better Minister for Health. This person doesn't have much faith in Simon Harris. Uh, 
he said he's not ready to battle a cold. Oh, sorry, it's William. Thank you, William. I have to spot you. Put your name on it. William in Kilbenny. He reads, uh, everybody needs a change at this stage. Hi, Patricia. Sorry now. No offence to you and your programme, but I'm getting sick of this crack of bulk buying. What did people do long ago when there was no toilet paper? Only out by the ditch. You used a dock leaf. And we all just got on with it, okay? As far as the parades, they should be cancelled. But greed is a mighty thing. The publicans won't make money if there are no parades. Common sense is a great thing. That's how the late Joe Walsh, RIP, kept out foot and mouth. Get a grip. Cancel all of those parades. Thanking you, Patricia, says a uh, texter. That's a question for Annalise. Thank you for that. Um, hi, this is Mike in, ba- in Bantry. He says, hi, Patricia. Is the French... Ireland rugby match cancelled. The French Ireland rugby match cancelled. Leave us, let John Paul work on that and I'll get back to you. Keith from Mill Street says, Hi, I live outside of Mill Street and I do my shopping once a week. Every week I buy a pack of toilet rolls that contains four rolls that lasts me until the following Friday. Last Friday I went to do my shopping and guess what? No toilet paper. I ended up having to use kitchen roll instead. What is wrong with people? I wonder do they have too much money or is there a diarrhoea outbreak that we don't know about? It's crazy, says Keith from uh, Mill Street. And I don't want to frighten you, Keith from Mill Street, But kitchen paper is much thicker in consistency to toilet paper. Is it okay to flush? I don't know if I'd be happy about flushing kitchen roll down the loo. Maybe if there's a plumber listening, they can tell us, is Keith okay to put kitchen paper? Because I know you can't put wet wipes. I know they're very different in feel. You can't put a wet wipe down the toilet. But is Keith okay? Because he couldn't get toilet rolls. Is he okay to use kitchen roll uh, instead? If anybody can answer that, please do. Jim in Ballancolic uh, says, Good afternoon, Patricia. In 2001, the St. Patrick's Day parades were held in May. That was the, the year of the foot and mouth. Nobody thought anything about it. They were talking about playing games, or they are talking about playing games behind closed doors. What about all the players and officials on the pitch? Do they not matter once the game is played? Questions, Jim in Balancholic. Martin in Formoy says, Patricia, could you find out if the St. Patrick's Day Parade is going ahead in Formoy? Because nobody seems to know. It's certainly not on the list of cancelled parades at the moment. I mean, if we don't hear from a town or village to say they're cancelling a parade, we assume that they're going ahead. Now, we did say at the top of the programme, it does look like it's going to be over the next 72 hours that most community groups will come together and decide whether they're going to cancel parades or not. But as of now, Formoy is not on the list of cancelled uh, parades. Uh, and Martin also said, I heard you say that in England they're stockpiling toilet paper. Wow, they really do talk a lot of you know what. <laughs> they're stockpiling it here as well, Martin. Also, the horse racing is going ahead in Cheltenham. Uh, the Irish really are addicted to gambling. The fact that so many people are going to travel to uh, that. And Sandy says, while in Cork last Thursday, we went into a restaurant on the west side of the city. The place was absolutely packed. The people were purchasing their food and then searching for a table to sit down. The the problem was there was only one staff member trying to clear all of the tables. Now we ended up getting a table but there was lots of bits of food that hadn't been cleared away from previous customers. By then our food was warm, not hot. Surely this would classify as poor hygiene and adequate staff should be available, particularly at peak times 
with the din- dinner time demand and Sandy said it was the di- dinner time demand and was really taken aback that there were so few people out working on on the tables trying to keep everything clean something should be done about that 1850-333-103 OMG says this texter what's all this about St. Patrick's Day parades this is our Irish day that we have been celebrating for donkey's years. Now, just because of a virus, our day is gone. Let's have no bank holiday, if that's the case. Lock ourselves away. All of it is bull, says this texter, who's not having any of it. Does not want any of the St. Patrick's Day parades cancelled. Hi, Patricia. Texting to see, is there any update on the Mitchellstown parade? That has been cancelled. We heard about that earlier. That is gone. Hi, Patricia. I heard about a woman. She's one of the people who's isolated because of the case at Cork University Hospital. She went to the hairdressers over the weekend, even though she's supposed to be self-isolating for 14 days. How selfish and unbelievable is that? Yeah, and when you're self-isolating, you're meant to be self-isolating. You're not meant to be out going to the hairdressers. But I suppose you can't force people. All they can do is suggest to people this is what you need to do, but they can't force anybody indoors. I mean, if there's somebody attached to the CUH case, I don't know if that's one of the workers, because we know there's up to about 100, wasn't there, from CUH? But there are other people as well contacted in the community who were told they'd come in contact with the case, who've been told to self-isolate. But we don't live in a communist state. We can't lock people up. We can just hope and pray that people will be sensible and that they will think of the wider community and that they will think of people who are vulnerable and who have weakened immune systems. I mean, that person who's been told to self-isolate is still, and the reason they're self-isolating for 14 days, it can take that long for symptoms. If after the 14 days they've no symptoms, you know that the person didn't pick it up. But that person going to the hairdressers on Saturday, she could today discover that she has the coronavirus and she would have been contagious on Saturday when she sat down in the hairdressers beside maybe an elderly person who's got, who isn't well. Maybe she sat with somebody who wasn't an elderly person, but somebody who was battling cancer and is, had, is having chemotherapy treatment. You know, very, very selfish of somebody who was told to go into self-isolation and then for whatever reason the old hair wasn't looking great and decided I need to go to the hairdressers. The absolute ignorance and stupidity of it. And that's what will spread the coronavirus for sure. 1850-333-103. The Six Nations clash between France and Ireland set for Paris this weekend has been postponed. And I'm also told they do hallow Liscarroll point to point fixture scheduled for Sunday the 22nd of March have also been cancelled. 1850 103 lines open. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie Gagging Community Alert meeting that is taking place 8 o'clock in the Community Hall tonight. All are welcome and staying with Gagging there will be a used clothes collection in aid of Gagging Hall car park at uh, later dates to be announced so get collecting now clothing, shoes, bags, belts duvet covers, curtains good quality soft toys no pillows and duvets please are plastic toys if you'd like more information you can call 087-1234-093 a new initiative is beginning in Mallow with a GP uh, where a GP or other health care professionals can refer people experiencing loneliness or anxiety or other non-medical needs to a link worker who will then support them to become more integrated in the community. You can visit an information stand at the Mallow Primary Healthcare Centre 
tomorrow, Tuesday, for more details. We focused on this and did an interview about this the week before last, just to remind you that that information day is happening tomorrow. The Blood Transfusion Service have got donor clinics in Fernhill House in Clonakilty on Wednesday and Thursday. While your last chance to see Tolly Lee's Drama Group present their presentation of Pretend Sick. It's a three-act comedy and it is on this Thursday night at eight in Tullyloose Hall. I'm told it is a production not to be missed. Court today on C103. With a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go. Shortcastle Street, Mallow. Smokeless coal, turf, gas and kiln-dried wood. Open late seven days. Lowcostfuel.ie Okay, and keep your texts coming in, particularly the ones for Annalise. If you've got a question for Annalise Drussell 1850 333 103 um, OK oh I want to get to this one because this tied in with our interview that we did in the last hour when I spoke with uh, Kenneth McCarthy the principal of Kilmean National School and the fact that he, they wrote to the parents uh, and the parents have agreed to no smartphones for children in primary school to wait until they leave sixth class so that would be the June end of June that they're in sixth class before they head into secondary school they're making a commitment all the parents are not to buy their child uh, a smart phone well that prompted a texter to say banning phones in schools I'm aware of this happening in other areas parents were all for it and saying how great it was to ban phones in schools however a large amount of parents then allowed their children phones and the children were told keep your mouth shut in school don't say anything about it and the issues were some of the more naive parents' children really believed that all the parents were following on the ban that had been designed to help all of the all of the students. These kids then had access to their friends' phones and got up to all sorts of things online. They had no support available to them, either at home or at school, if anything went wrong, because they weren't allowed the phones or weren't meant to have it and therefore they didn't want to get into trouble. I'm of the generation who grew up with a basic camera phone in late primary school and then we got a smartphone in the late half of secondary school and parents who banned social media and phones their kids were the ones who were on them behind their backs and often ended up in bother in my experience because they could turn to nobody for help because they'd have to admit that they were using the phone smartphone or social media on somebody else's phone so I don't want to talk down the school's idea if everybody followed it it would be great but I'm just saying that parents still need to be careful. And that's from William in Formoy. Thank you for that, William. And I suppose try to keep those lines of communication going with the children. Keep talking to your children at all times. And Catherine says, Patricia, kitchen roll will block a toilet as it's designed to stay together in warm water. Catherine, with a smiley face on her WhatsApp, says, I learned this the hard way with a toddler. I was thinking the same thing. I just wanted to find out for sure, for sure, when I saw that text come in from the listener who got help him out doing his shopping and couldn't help it had to end up buying there was no toilet paper left and so as he could do except use the kitchen paper so just be very careful get out and get the toilet roll when it's back in the shops today and stock up but don't be putting kitchen paper down the toilet it will block it up and I can see a couple of other people texting in the same thing thank you for uh, that and Michael says hi do bats in Ireland pose any danger with the coronavirus or should we be taking precautions with bats or bat droppings in sheds and attics? From what I can gather, the coronavirus originated from bats in China because people were eating the bats. 
we don't eat bats in this country, thank God. And I don't, I haven't read anything anywhere now. Listen, there might be an expert out there who'll tell me different. But I certainly haven't read anything different to say that the droppings in sheds or attics from bats are going to cause any problems because we know in this country the bat is a protected species and thankfully we don't eat it. If anybody, Michael, can tell us should Michael be or should we be a bit afraid of bat droppings and I'll try and do a bit of research this afternoon on it, Michael, for you but as of now I certainly haven't read anything. Michael says, Hi Patricia, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. I think we're lacking in leadership in this crisis. We're like a rudderless ship. I think the late Joe Walsh did a fantastic job in stopping foot and mouth with his hands-on leadership approach. He rolled up his sleeves and he got stuck in. He limited foot and mouth to just one case in the Republic. He was criticised by some at the time. My God, he was criticised by many. I remember having him on this programme and people were annihilating him that he was overreacting. Anyway, he succeeded though. Unlike the UK, um, who didn't succeed, they had widespread foot and mouth. We really need our ministers and all of our TDs to just work together, please. Now, stop the messing around of people's lives. I'm alarmed with the lax a- attitude of many, including healthcare and, so, and, and so-called professionals, says uh, Michael. I bet this is more... I bet the government are sorry now for stopping people living out in the countryside with planning permission, etc. I live in the countryside and I feel lucky now that I do. I pick moss, put it in a brown paper bag into the microwave until it's dried out and it kills any bugs. Didn't know that. Forget the bog rolls, says uh, Maura. Hi. Oh, that's more of a question. This is more of a question for Annalise, but I'll give it out to see if anybody else is maybe having the same problem. Noreen says, Hi, I work at it till in the tourism sector and we have been well supplied with antibacterial gel but we have no sink to wash our hands. My problem now is my skin is becoming very sore from using the gel after every customer. How long does the gel last to be safe? As I do need to keep doing or do I need to keep doing it as often as I am? Says Noreen. Oh yeah, that does seem excessive after every single customer, but I suppose you're handling the money is the problem. Or gloves? Do you use gloves? How are people? I know some supermarkets and people dealing with coins and money are using gloves, but you need to be cleansing the gloves a couple of times an hour because your hands really sweat inside in those disposable gloves. Anyway, anyway, and I'm, I'm again. I'll ask Annalise, she might have a solution for you because I take it you're not on your own, Noreen, in that if anybody has the same problem, is Noreen overusing the antibacterial gel by every time she serves a customer using it? If anybody has advice there, uh, please. Okay, and just a couple of nice little texts in because you remember earlier we had the lovely text in from Eileen one of our listeners to say it was lovely to hear the good news story she was talking about when we heard Alan O'Brien the win to New York on the breakfast show and then we played it out on a subsequent news bulletin and she thought it was great that we had a little bit of good news story and I was saying to people yeah send us in your good news send it in to us here's a good news story says another Eileen this time on Bear Island I'm alive I'm able to get out of bed. I was able to shower and dress myself this morning. I was also able to go for a walk. Okay, it's raining now, but I got out earlier for a walk 
and I'll walk again later. I think I'm very lucky, says Eileen out on Bear Island and you're living in a beautiful neck of the woods so you are truly lucky and very blessed and you know it and thank you for sharing it with us, uh, Eileen. And somebody else says, I agree with the other Eileen who was going on about we need more good news stories. I actually gave up listening to other radio stations over the negative, sad, bad news stories all of the time. We need good news stories. We need good vibes. Listening to the news is enough to send people to the doctors for antidepressants. I hope people will start to lighten up and uh, smile. Thank you for that. And then somebody sent in a lovely message saying, Hi, went to Kilcrohan over the weekend to four one act plays. What a great night of entertainment for a small community. It's a credit to see what a brilliant play they put on and all the locals taking part in the uh, show. And I'm always trying to encourage people get out there any of those local plays that are put on because people put so much time and effort into the local amateur drama and it's it's just great and get out and support it and uh, give them give them as much support as you can because that's what keeps them going so well done and I'm only too delighted to share when when you've had a really great night out at one of those shows so thank you for that 1850-333-103 let's leave it there let's take a break and come back and let Annalise Drussell take over and answer all all of your questions still time if you want to get a question in please do text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 Cork today on C103 with a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go Short Castle Street Mallow open 7 days for smokeless coal turf kiln dried wood and gas lowcostfuel.ie Nick Richards plays Cork's greatest hits for your workday on C103 I've got Robbie Williams instead of running away from it I'm running towards <laughs> it Idol who loves the 80s the sounds and the melodies and the keyboard and the Cork fan travelling the world to see the Pet Shop Boys. Because I've waited 35 years for these guys to come to Cork and there's no way I'm going to miss this. Playing Cork's greatest hits while you work. Nick Richards. Weekdays from 1. C103. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 0862103103. And Annalise Drussell, our nutritional therapist from the Health Hub Times Square in Balancholic, uh, joining us. Good afternoon, Annalise. Good afternoon. Uh, and you're welcome. And the amount of people that are contacting us about your hand sanitizer because we put it up on our Facebook page and I know we were telling people to go to your Facebook page to get it and lots and lots and lots of people have been using it and just some have some queries and questions on it. If I can find some of the questions coming in. I know somebody was asking instead of the vegetable glycerine, is there anything else you could use to soften the hands? Um, well, the aloe vera itself will be nice and moisturising. So if you don't get glycerin, don't be worried about it. Don't be worried about it. No, it's not an essential part. The main thing there really is the alcohol and the tea tree oil or the oregano oil or the lavender, whatever you're using as your antibacterial. They're the main things. But the aloe vera will be lovely and softening anyway. So if you can't get glycerin, don't worry about it. It's not essential. Okay, and then we've got a listener who is working in the tourism industry and they have been given a supply of antibacterial gel. They've no sink to wash 
to wash their hands so they have to use the antibacterial gel. But Noreen says, my problem is my skin is getting sore from using the gel after every customer. How long does the gel last to be safe or do I need to keep using it as often as I'm, I'm using it, says Noreen. So is this, I wonder now, is that an antibacterial gel provided by the company? Yes. So there there yes. could be quite a few harsh enough chemicals in that. Um, look, I think if you're probably in the tourist or the service industry, you need to be washing your hands very, very frequently because you're constantly, every time you pick up another cup or uh, a plate or every time you take money from a customer, you're going to be exposing yourself to more germs. So I think you'd probably need to disinfect your hands fairly frequently. Um, The natural ones tend to be not as drying, but for everybody who's got sensitive skin, they all probably at some point will cause problems. Even if you just washed your hands with normal soap, um, you'll still get very dry hands after a while if you're washing them every 10 to 15 minutes. So I would recommend in that case using um, a good hand cream, a nice, and maybe at night time when you get into bed, um, you rub in some olive oil or some coconut oil or something like that. Put a pair of cotton gloves on and leave it on overnight just to give your hands a good treatment. So even washing your hands in water, Patricia, you know, a lot will dry it out. So unfortunately, I think that bit is unavoidable. Yeah, I think everybody's noticing that because I think we're all washing our hands more, which is fantastic. It's the one, if you can see any plus out of the COVID-19, I think it's everyone's taking a look at their, or at their hand hygiene. But I think everyone, I've even noticed my hands are drying out. And it's just the amount of hand washing we're doing. It is, absolutely. But even just with water, Patricia, there's yeah. so much chlorine in our local water. That's very, very drying on the skin. Um, and every time, like we need natural oils in our skin, you know, for, uh, to provide our skin with a barrier. And every time we wash with just even a gentle soap, you know, we're stripping those natural oils from our skin so they are going to get dry. So just get a nice hand cream. My absolute favourite hand cream is the Trilogy Rose Cream. It smells divine. Yeah. And it really soaks into the skin and there's no nasty chemicals in there whatsoever. So it's good even for people that have got severe eczema are very very dry and sensitive skin so go into your local health shop and get a natural hand cream that has no chemicals in it just to decrease the overall burden of chemicals on your skin uh, Hi could you ask Annalise please on her, her, on her homemade hand sanitizer? could you use the aloe vera gel straight from the plant with white rum and lavender essential oil drops absolutely you could Absolutely, yep. That's now you'd have you probably need to squeeze a lot out of your plant yeah. to get a significant amount of the sanitizer. But absolutely, you can. Um, the aloe vera really is more for to provide, um, you know, a softening agent um, than the antibacterial side of it. The antibacterial, as I said, is coming more from the alcohol and the essential oils. Um, so you you know you you don't even necessarily have to use. I've been saying to some people if they can't get the aloe vera, look if you're really worried about sanitising, just use the alcohol and the essential oils. oils. It's going to be far more drying, but you will get away with it. Okay, hi. Question for Annalise, please. I had the pneumonia vaccine. Will that help me? I suffer with COPD. It should do. Um, So, like I did a good bit of work this morning, Patricia, trying to figure out why they think this virus is so um, dangerous. And really, the only answer I can come up with is that it's it's not fully understood yet. they're even they're suggesting that the fatality rate may not even be as high as that is currently being reported because there may be many people becoming infected with mild symptoms that are not even reporting or being diagnosed with the coronavirus. And they're obviously all survivors. 
So it's really, the coronavirus is, is similar to the flu, you know, it's similar to the flu virus. So the danger is, is for people that are vulnerable, that have COPD, that are smokers and that are over 80, or that are in autoimmune drugs that suppress the immune system. The danger for them is that it'll go to their chest and cause pneumonia. And that is the biggest danger. It's a very small group of vulnerable people. In fact, under 15-year-olds, they don't seem to be getting the coronavirus at all. It's the infection rate amongst that group of people is very, very small. So um, I think if you're vulnerable, it's really about protecting yourself. Definitely having the vaccine against pneumonia will help because it'll help prevent you getting pneumonia as, um, as it would from the flu virus. This time next year, we're going to understand a lot more about the transmission of this virus. Um, and I think it'll probably be very similar to the general flu. It'll be, a re- it'll be a regular occurrence every winter, the same way that the flu virus is. A lot of us will have developed immunity, you know, if we've come in contact with during this range, and we'll have immunity to it as we do to the flu as well. But I think it's the fact that we don't understand it at the moment, Patricia, is really what's causing the panic and what's causing the worry. And they are working flat out to come up with a vaccine and, and they're working to understand it uh, more. Okay. Yeah, but Patricia, just to even say with the vaccine, like in 2017, the flu vaccine was um, was based on an older strain of the, the flu. So it was very, it was really not effective at all, especially in the over 55. So, it's, you know, a vaccine isn't going to be the saving of the planet either. Our own natural immunity and boosting that. If you can get immunity to it yourself, you're protected without any vaccine. And that will be the case for the majority of people. And on that boosting immunity, uh, could you ask Annalise, I wonder, source of life gold, is that good for the immune system or should a person be taking other vitamins? No, it's fantastic, Patricia. It's a great um, tonic for everything, really. But there's a lot of stuff in there that will support your immune system. There's a lot of superfoods. There's mushroom extract and mushroom extracts are one of the best things for ramping up your T-cells which are your first line of defense against viruses. It'll also have plenty of vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, um, and vitamin B6, and these are all natural um, immune supports as well. So the source of life gold is excellent, um, but just it's quite an expensive one. So if people don't want to spend that much money, just even taking something like a, a high dose of vitamin C with some zinc in it will help boost your immune system. If you've got, um, if you're generally vulnerable to getting chest infections and you want to protect yourself a little bit more, you could take something like um, the BioNutri elderberry complex I sell a lot of here every year. That's got elderberry extract in there, antiviral, lysine, vitamin D, beta-glucans, vitamin D, vitamin C and B6. So it's a great all-rounder. The Dr. Delish Claire, I've actually posted, she did a little um, video on how to protect yourself, which I've posted the link to on my Facebook page. And she's saying that her Imitone, which is the immune-boosting herbal blend, if you want to boost your immune system, but if you're inclined to get chest infections, she's recommending the Mucotone. So they would all be good if you're vulnerable. Now, just to bear in mind, if you're on autoimmune drugs, and I've had a lot of people in um, that are and are worried about what to take, echinacea is not suitable when you're on autoimmune drugs. So the vitamin C and zinc is very safe. The elderberry extract is safe. And the olive leaf extract, which is another wonderful immune booster, is safe to take if you're on any kind of autoimmune um, immune suppressant drugs. Okay, question for you. Is it okay to put lemon and lime cut in quarters? Is it safe to put into a water bottle with the skin left on and to drink it, Suzanne? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I mean, you know, it's like any bit of fruit, like there's going to be pesticides on the peel and if you let it stand in a water bottle, those pesticides will enter the water. But it's it's no different than, you know, yeah. pesticides on an apple that you eat the skin of. So it's perfectly safe. Um, but always I would recommend going for either a stainless steel bottle or a glass bottle because with plastic, plastic does, if there's any heat, it will leach the chemicals into the water as well. So that's the main concern with the with a water bottle is the plastic not really having lemons and limes. Lemons and limes would actually increase the amount of chemicals coming out of the plastic into the water. So just get a glass or stainless steel bottle and you're fine. Back to the sanitizer. What kind of alcohol does one need to use in the sanitizer? I know in the recipe, if you call it a recipe, you suggest vodka. Will yeah. any will any alcohol do? Any alcohol. Whiskey. Whiskey is fine. The main reason I said vodka is because it doesn't smell, so you won't be going around smelling like you've just fallen out of the pub. Um, whereas whiskey would be quite strong and so would gin. But any alcohol will do. It's the alcohol that you're looking for rather than the spirit part of it. OK, people are still continuing to send in photographs that they're getting from today of supermarket shelves with the toilet rolls gone, but the, the liquid soap gone from a lot of shelves. Does that worry you that people are overbuying on soaps and then when somebody arrives that genuinely needs to get soap, there's not going to be any there, Annalise? Um, I suppose that is actually a point for everything, really, that people are are buying a lot. But, you know, the hand soap is hand soap is no more disinfecting necessarily than just ordinary soap. So I think, you know, that'll be available to people as well. Um, and, you know, even just Washing your hands in hot water, even with a bit of washing up liquid, Patricia will will kill off some of the bac- will kill off the bacteria. It's about keeping your hands clean, so it doesn't have to be a hand soap. Um, but I think, you know, they did they did say in the late late the doctors were saying, you know, don't panic buy. But I think that nearly sparked people off on a panic buy. I've been in the supermarkets myself, and the shelves it looks like a bit like a, it looks like a war was coming. So. Um, you know, I think it'll probably calm down, Patricia, when people realise it's not as dangerous as they think. It's certainly not fatal. Um, and I don't think panic buying of anything really is um, necessary at this stage. Yeah, people like people have gone nuts. Because somebody's wondering if you don't have antibacterial hand soap, is there something you could add to a liquid soap to make it antibacterial? Could you put some essential oils into it? You could put tea tree oil into it. Yeah. Or you could put a bit of vodka into it. Again, a bit of alcohol is going to be a great um, natural antibacterial. Um, the tea tree oil, Patricia, is brilliant. You could definitely put tea tree oil, a good, good healthy amount into your, um, into your even washing up liquid if you can't get your hand on any hand, hand soaps. Um, but even just buying a tea tree soap would be sufficient. You know, there's lots of soaps that have tea tree oil in them. That would be a great disinfectant as well. Okay, Mary wants to know, any cure for a bad sinus attack, please? Yeah, that seems to be now going around again at Patricia. So I think um, we still haven't shifted those nasty colds and flus that were around during the winter, but it's taken a bit of a back seat. So I always recommend with nasty sinus is the Dr. Delish Clare mucotone because it boosts the immune system, but it also helps to dry up the mucus in the sinus. If you can't get your hands on it because it isn't sold in many places, uh, you could try something like Plantago or Ivy Thyme Complex is another one. And these are all herbs that are designed really to to just dry up mucus. And that's what you want. You want to kind of do that um, in the sinus. And if it's not there, then it can't become infected. Another thing I think works very well is to do a steam bath where you have a bowl of water with uh, boiling water in it and put in some drops of maybe oregano oil or tea tree oil and then put the towel over the head and do um, a steam inhalation. And that gets the 
oils right up into the sinus cavities and it'll kill off the nasty bacteria there that could be causing an infection. Um, so they'd probably be the two main, the, the, the main ones I'd recommend, Patricia. But if you can't get your hands on even on any of those, even actually just doing the steaming is very good because it can loosen up that mucus in the sinus and it can just help decongest you a little bit and you'll get relief from the headaches from that on its own. Okay, and John, what can I take for very dry and itchy skin? It flakes a lot. So now, that, I suppose, there's two answers to that question, really. So in the short term, putting something onto your skin to give the skin even a, a barrier and I would go for, I know that doctors often recommend the Silcox Base or the Emollient Cream, but I find that that tends to sit on the skin. What you really want is something that will sink right into the skin. And one of my favorite products is the Salcura brand. You'll get it in health shops and possibly some pharmacies as well. They do a cream called Zeoderm, Z-E-O-D-E-R-M. And that has oils in there that help restore the barrier to the skin. And that's what's missing in this case is that the cells have dried out, so there's no barrier. They haven't, they're not waterproofed effectively. The other thing that, the other way to treat very dry skin is to um, increase the amount of fat in your diet. I have often seen it in people who've gone on a very low fat diet that their skin suffers. So eat foods that are high in the polyunsaturated fats like avocados, oily fish, Nuts and seeds are wonderful as well. Eggs are great. I know people worry about eggs because of their heart, but they're great. That little yolk is full of vitamin E and um, lovely fats that are brilliant, phospholipid fats that are great for your skin and that, in fact, can help your body um, in, in a roundabout way get rid of cholesterol. So make sure that you have plenty of those in your diet. And then if you feel that that's already the case, then take a fish oil supplement where you're actually putting in the omega-3s. And they are wonderful after about six weeks. You'll notice a big difference in dry skin. They're wonderful for helping waterproof and hydrate the skin cell at the skin cell barrier level. OK, we wrap it up there. We'll talk next Monday. Thanks for that, Thanks Annalise. For Have a lovely week. That's Annalise Russell of the Health Hub Times Square in Balancolic. A listener says, Hi, I'm wondering, would any of your listeners know where I can get hearing aid tubing size medium? Uh, the place where I normally get them online has closed down. If you can help, please, it's to help my little girl. Please don't call out my name. And we have this listener's name and number. Can I suggest, I, I don't know what age your little girl is. Is there a visiting deaf teacher? The visiting deaf teachers are normally great for anything to do with the hearing aids. Or if you get onto the Cork Deaf Association in the city, they're on McCurtain Street. They may be able to help you out. I don't know where the listener is contacting us from. I only have a mobile number. But if somebody knows hearing aid tubing, because the hearing aids are not going to work unless you've got the correct tubing in. If you can help us with that, please. Uh, we'll pass on the information and just seeing a text in to say the Mallow St. Patrick's Day Committee I wish to inform the public that the Mallow St. Patrick's Day Parade will not take place next uh, Tuesday that's from Mary O'Brien the Secretary thank you for that uh, Mary okay we are back with you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock my thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon until tomorrow at 10 I'm Patricia Messenger very good afternoon Court Today on C103 with a solid fuel depot at Drew's Fuel and Go Shortcastle Street Mallow call and collect or get 7 day delivery for those cosy nights in lowcostfuel.ie so, you've got a smartphone or tablet. Then, get the must-have app so you can take us everywhere. Download the C103 app today and listen to your favourite shows on the go. Grab our podcasts and all the latest Cork news. And if you've a smart speaker, ask it to play C103. Play C103. Okay. On your phone. Tablet. Smart speaker. And radio. 
Turn up the volume. We are C103.